Sutherland, why are you here? Hi, this is Cantor Lois, and my guest today is Rabbi Susan Elkadze, who received her rabbinic ordination from the Academy for Jewish Religion in New York in May of 2015, and has been spiritual leader of the Malvern Jewish Center since August of 2015. Additionally, she provides pastoral and rabbinic services to local rehab and assisted living facilities, and she is the president of the Long Island Board of Rabbis. Her writing has appeared on JewishSacredAging.com, and she has presented workshops for Limud New York, for AJR, and in the community on ethical wills and spiritual legacies. Susan is currently working on a book that will share Torah wisdom by elders for elders, which can be seen on her website, www.babyboomerrabbi.com. In 2019, Rabbi Elkatsi received a rabbinic certificate in gerontology and palliative care from the Wordsweiler School of Social Work at Yeshiva University, and she takes advantage of their continuing education programs relating to aging and end-of-life issues. She's passionate about helping baby boomers and older adults to find meaning and purpose in their lives within the context of Jewish tradition and teachings, and as part of a Jewish community in however they see themselves. It is my honor to welcome Rabbi Elkadzi to the podcast today. So, Rabbi Susan Elkadzi, welcome to Conversations with Cantor Lois. I prepared for our conversation today by not preparing very much. I thought that your experience, your wisdom, your interests that I will have shared uh, in the description uh, on the podcast um, speak for themselves, and I'm going to let you do the rest of the speaking, and I'm just going to remain curious and listen. So welcome. Uh First of all, thank you for having me here. This is really exciting, and thank you for those kind words. I guess I thought you were going to be feeding me questions, but that's okay. Um, no one has ever accused me of not having things to say. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I could ask you a lot of questions, but uh, this is a very free-for-all, just a conversation as opposed to an interview. And I know that you're very, very passionate about your rabbinate and about your recent projects and how they might relate or some of what you might share with just the idea of ritual in people's lives. And that's not always organized religion ritual. And, and I thought that uh, we would all really enjoy your take on what you do and how it pertains to all different kinds of people. As someone who grew up wanting to be a rabbi, but not knowing that mere mortals could be rabbis, let alone women, 
that got placed on the back burner probably from the age of 10 until the age of 40 something when I realized that this passion and this dream had resurfaced and I found AJR, the Academy for Jewish Religion, which number one was pluralistic, meaning they were not expecting any particular level of observance from me. Number two, I could go part-time and do things at my own pace. And number three, it was driving distance and that was hugely important. So I was ordained after eight years of study in 2015 at the age of 55. And I immediately became the rabbi of the Malvern Jewish Center out here on Long Island. It's a very small aging congregation. Um, and I really feel like I'm blessed to be here. One of the things that I realized when I got here was just how passionate the congregants were about the congregation, about the community, and how knowledgeable they were. I remember at one of the interviews, one of the older women said to me, we're hungry for intellectual stimulation. And I thought to myself, and you're talking to me? These women are talking about the article that they read in The Economist, and did you see this thing in The Atlantic? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. But I realized that what they wanted was not for me to discuss economics. What they wanted was for me to bring my Torah to them. They wanted me to guide them on their Jewish journeys. And I've learned so much from these elders that are in their late 80s, mid 90s, who have all their faculties and some of them, the grace and grit that they face their challenges with is just amazing. And realizing that this was the congregation that I had I started looking for ways to create a niche congregation and to make my rabbinate about basically Jewish baby boomers and older adults because we are a highly underserved population in mainstream Jewish communities. Most synagogues are all about attracting young families because the children are our future. And they're absolutely right. But when you move into an area where the only young families that are moving in are Orthodox, they're not coming to your show. Nobody else in our area is doing what I'm doing. And I've been bringing in programs and having discussions and doing all the things that rabbis do, but also working with them to say, look, you know, you're still here. What are you going to do with the time you have? And what about these conversations that you need to be having with your family? Because so often we think, oh, you know, we don't have to worry. Somebody will take care of it. Um, and it's really hard when, God forbid, you know, a parent dies and the children have no idea where anything is. 
or someone is facing a major medical procedure and how do they ask the kinds of questions that they need to ask in order to be able to say, is my life going to be better as a result of this? And having a congregation like this, um, shortly after I was ordained, we found out that my mother, blessed memory, had ovarian cancer. And I had a congregation of people who had all at least lost parents because of their age. Some unfortunately had lost children, spouses, siblings, and they understood and I felt incredibly supported by them because they were not demanding any more attention than I was able to give. And I still gave 110%, but they understood that there were going to be times when I couldn't do everything. And out of this, as a result of conversations with people, as a result of programming, bringing in speakers, I started in 2019, Yeshiva University offered a certificate, a rabbinic certificate program in gerontology and palliative care through the social work program. So I was in the first cohort. And it really was an eye opener. I learned more about social work and counseling. I had the opportunity to learn with, there were six of us. One person was a modern Orthodox chaplain, a um, couple of reform rabbis, and then one young man who is an ultra Orthodox rabbi in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And I think that I became closest to him intellectually. And it's really a blessing to be able to learn from all different people and to be able to understand the different challenges that we face in our communities and that we face in our lives. So in, in some ways, it sounds to me as though your role as rabbi and ritual for your congregation extends beyond the rituals that we learn in our books, in our manuals, because you're also working with people who are not technically maybe in your congregation, but in the community. And you're working, if I'm not mistaken, with some of your congregants' family members or other people's family members. And kind of education pre-ritual or education with ritual is part of your calling at this point in life? I think that's a good way of putting it. Being able to help someone to create meaning and purpose in their lives, to feel more connected to their Judaism. One of the elevator speeches that I have is that I want to help Judy, I want to help baby boomers and older Jewish adults to create meaning and purpose in their lives in a Jewish context, but not necessarily the one they might have been traumatized in growing up. <laughs> because for so many of us who grew up going to synagogue in the 50s and the 60s, it was very authoritarian. 
Services were boring. Hebrew school, the teachers were Orthodox, Israeli, Holocaust survivors, or D, all of the above. <laughs> and I was blessed to be in a synagogue where the rabbi believed that you learn in order to teach. So I learned how to daven anywhere in the world. I learned what things meant. I loved Hebrew school. I made the mistake of saying it once and I got teased and I figured I don't need to give them any fodder. I'll just keep my mouth shut. Um, and really that served me very well. And when I got accepted at AJR, I wrote him a letter and told him that it had not been for the background he gave me, even though I knew he would never have davened in a synagogue if I were leading. I knew that he would be proud that I followed this path and I had to credit the education and the opportunities that I got. But so many people never get past a pediatric understanding of Judaism and God. And that's really a shame because God can be in a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. It can be a very adult thing, can be a very supportive thing. If you're angry and you go out into the woods, you know, as um, you know, the Baal Shem Tov used to go out in the woods and do something called Hitbo to do, which was basically lean against a tree, pour your heart out. You can do that with God. You do that with another person, you might have problems. And it doesn't mean that God is going to turn around and say, all right, don't worry, it'll be okay. But just the idea that God can handle our anger, God can hanger, handle our frustration, God can handle our challenges. And the older we get, the more challenges there are. Mm. I wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago in Masechet Megillah, Tractate Megillah of the Babylonian Talmud. There's a discussion where different rabbinic sages are asked what the secret to their longevity is. And they all come up with interesting answers. If, you know, it's, I never looked at an evil person, you know, I never spent time looking at them. I never said a crossword. I never took a shortcut through the synagogue. And then it gets to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, who codified the Mishnah. And he says to his, he asks his teacher, what is your secret? And the teacher says, why do you ask? Are you weary of my long life? <laughs> and I got such a kick out of it. But we all know people who are in their 90s and they're looking around and saying, why am I here? My friends are gone. My family's not around. There's nobody my age. Nobody gets it. And if they're dealing with various infirmities, then that adds to it. And long life does not necessarily mean a good quality of life. So if we can find the gratitude, if we can find the positives, if we can have a relationship with God that might help us to simply accept, I'm here, what am I going to do with my time? The Rabbi Richard Address asks the question, what are you going to do with the time you have left, knowing that you don't know how much time you have left? Yeah. And 
we just, we just don't know. Yeah, that's that really does uh, kind of bring it right home. Uh, my most recent question that doesn't hang over me, but is kind of my leitmotif is, uh, you know, how do you want to spend your days? Um, and, you know, I'm not talking about uh, a vacation in some sunny place for a week, but for the rest of one's life at a certain age, you know, we realize that uh, it may be a very long run, but it's not forever. And uh, at least not on this plane. Um, Absolutely. And so how how do we want to spend our days? And Limno uh, Tiameno, teach us to treasure each day. So I treasure your coming on the podcast today, and I appreciate your sharing your passion, your wisdom, your experiences. Um, Can I share my website? Yes, please. And I'll also have that on the description for the uh, podcast. Babyboomerrabbi.com. And in addition to learning all about me, you will also see a section under the blogs called Midrash Chazak. And the full title is Midrash Chazak, Torah Wisdom by 70 over 70, but who's counting? <laughs> Cantor Lois, you did a beautiful Dvar Torah for Shmot that made me think about the word Hineni in a completely different way. And I believe because it's a couple of weeks ago already, that I did share that with my congregation when we did Torah. Oh, how nice. God willing, ultimately will be a weekly Torah commentary written by, and I haven't been able to come up with another, a better word than elders, but by elders for elders. So the idea behind the book and the essays is how do I live my best life and how can, how can I live until I die and how can Torah help me do that? And it's a, it's a really unique uh, question, a wonderful project. I was honored to be part of it and I thank you again. And I thank you for being on the podcast today. And okay. Chazak, Chazak, you know, we, we keep going forward and uh, we keep trying to do our best each day. I think you are um, certainly a model of that. And um, I'm glad to count you among my colleague and colleagues and friends. And I wish you strength and good health. Stay safe, be well, and continue to do the very important work that you're doing. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of the week, and I wish you a very early Shabbat Shalom. And you too. Thank you. Bye-bye.